Hey guys, this is Bruce, and welcome to Combo Courses Podcast, where we talk about all things GRC, Information System Security Officer type work, compliance, engineering, cybersecurity, a little bit of IT. That's what we talk about here. I've been out for about a month. I mean, I think I did a couple lives in between, but the reason why I haven't done lives because I've been on vacation. Shout out to the company, the company that I work for. Wow, they they took care of me. They allowed me to go on a one month vacation. I mean, I did take all my leave and go on the hold and stuff. But they actually, you know, I really needed that time, and they they hooked me they hooked me up. So, um, shout out to them. If you guys are interested in joining a great company, contact me. Um, I'm, they might have positions open. Uh, it's pretty. I think it's a medium sized company. They've got positions open all the time. If you're interested contact me con it's uh contact at convo courses and tell me they're looking for mostly um it type positions it but anything that you have just contact me they might have something open for you i mean um and I, i'll send i could send you a resume i could send you links to their site all that kind of stuff to to it's a it's a good company they take care of their employees um better than average i would say that i work for they do have work from home positions uh, I believe most of their they're they're working out of um, the DC Maryland area, but I'm working I'm in Colorado. So if you're interested, just just contact me and I'll I'll hook you guys up. It's a good company. I would not tell you to go to a shitty company. So um, that said, hey Navi, how you doing? I've got people on uh, TikTok over here. I've got people on YouTube, on Facebook, on on LinkedIn. And uh, let's get right into anything you guys want to talk about, any kind of questions you have. Um, oh, okay. Somebody's contact me. Uh, somebody said, any sourcing procurement analyst positions? I'm not sure, but they might have some. Um, just send me. So if you're watching me on, um, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on YouTube, the link is in description below to the company that I work for. They're called Steampunk and they'll have a career uh, site there. I don't know if they have procurement, sourcing procurement analyst position, but they might. They, they actually might look in their career page. Um, but you can also send, send me an email saying that you're interested and I can send you um, more stuff if I find any. So it's a it's a good company. I've been working for many, many different companies, and this is one of the better ones. And I just say that because they really took care of me. I just recently went on a vacation. I talked to my 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 boss and my managers, and they were like, Yeah, here's how we can do it. They worked with me. And that that's the kind of people, um, the organizations that take care of people are the ones that I really that I really care about. And so that's why I'm 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 sitting here, you know, promoting them. So steampunk that's the company i work for great company all companies that you work for are not going to be good just so you know it is contracting they have contracts with different government organizations so um if you're interested give me hit me up you know and, and I'll, I'll let you guys know if i can but also link in description uh to their site go to their career page check it out they might have something they've been having like three or four jobs open at all times and um i think i put it out once or twice you know i i'm really reluctant to talk about the companies i work for because i just don't want it to in, i don't want it to um 
interfere with what I do here. I want to be able to freely talk about what I want to talk about and and not have, you know, maybe it's just paranoia on my part being a cybersecurity guy and uh, also being like I, I want, I really need to be free when I speak on this and, and say what I really feel. And I and I want to step on their toes and I don't want them to, you know, that's why I try to keep it separate. But yeah, I work for a company called Steampunk, link in description. It's a great company. Um, it recently helped me out. So um, somebody said, Nabi said, uh, how you doing, Nabi, by the way? Um, what do you think about doing remote management and security for small companies using uh, Microsoft 365 and Azure? Um, so the last few companies that I work for, if I'm if I'm understanding your your question and correct me if I'm wrong, but from understanding you, this is exactly what I've been doing. Uh mostly for medium to large size companies. But at now that I think about it, I have worked for one small company that we used mostly uh, Microsoft 365. I believe they were using Azure and uh, it was fine. Uh, it, it was fine. There was no issues security wise with it. The way that they, they implemented it was fine. The stuff based on the stuff we were doing, there was no issues. Some stuff comes up when uh, when you're dealing when you have to encrypt information, but you can encrypt data, you know, on email. So it's not that's not a big deal. Um, and we were the type of information we were using. We could actually on a small company, we could actually use our personal our personal systems to do what we needed to do. And there was no problem with that. But sometimes. Sometimes you have more secure information. You have to use the government's laptop or the organization's laptop. And you can't put any of that information on your own personal stuff. It depends on the implementation of the organization. But to answer your question, I think it's fine depending on the implement, uh, depending on the information that you're working with. And to give you two different examples, one of the companies that I worked for was a small, very small company. They do these little contracts with uh, pharma type companies, and uh, they didn't have any sensitive information we were working with. And all of our information was was we were using Microsoft 365 and Azure um, doing remote um, doing remote work. And um, it was fine. And on the back end, you had remote workers who were who were, you know, managing all the information, making sure all of our stuff was is up to date, cleaning off uh, servers when whenever, you know, a person would leave or be terminated or whatever. And they have to delete all the stuff off of their container or whatever the hell it's called. I don't know what it's called, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was fine. And then the, the second um, organization, actually one I'm working for right now, they use something like that, like a 365 Azure uh, implementation. We it's all encrypted. It's on their system. We can't put anything on our personal systems. It's either on contracting uh, the company's laptop or it's on the government's laptop. We can't, I just recently went on a trip out of the country. They were like, you can't take shit out of the country. <laughs> And I didn't. So that was their policy. So as long as that, you know, it's all secure. He said, uh, I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm about to doing some freelance working with uh, with smaller companies, remotely managed company, employee computers using Intune. Oh, man. Oh, that's exactly what I'm doing, man. <laughs> that's, ex that's exactly what I'm doing. Everything you're, you're saying, the last three companies, that's that's the implementation they've been using lately. I'm not sure what what the government has going on with uh, Microsoft, but Microsoft making a ton of money off the government because that's what that's all they've been doing. I haven't done anything different than Azure and uh, Microsoft 365, as a matter of fact. 
Um, I can't think what's the last time I did something different. There was one company that was using Google a bit. And then they, yeah, it was one company that was using Google, but mostly they were, there was only one other company that was using something different. And unless I was in the office and then they weren't, uh, they were used up completely like an in-house um, ex- back in, when they used to use exchange. I don't even know who's using exchange anymore. All the stuff that I've been on for the last probably six years has been this Microsoft uh, 365 Azure uh, thing. Um, somebody said, hey, do you think Indians are doing are going to take over IT jobs? <laughs> um no, um, not all of them. <laughs> no, I mean that's a that's a loaded, crazy loaded question. <laughs> um, so in my in my line of work, we I don't really have a lot of Indians I work with, to be honest. And I do pure IT stuff. I can't even. Is there any on my team? No, maybe there might be one. There might be one. There might be one Indian dude, American. He's American dude. So, or in, there might be one Indian lady who's an American. She's American. She's not Indian. So, I think her background might be Indian. But I, I work in I work for the government in the government sector doing cybersecurity. So you have to be a U.S. citizen, and so you're not gonna. They're not gonna outsource that kind of work to anyone. Not the definitely not the Chinese, not Indians, uh, not. You know, it's not going to be in the Philippines. It's not going to be anywhere but in the U.S. Um, So the government work is not outside. Just like if I was working for the Philippine government, they're typically going to have Filipino citizens doing that kind of work. If you work from the Chinese, the People's Republic of China, they're not going to have any foreigners. They're not going to have Germans doing, you know, sensitive information. So it's they they're looking for citizens in in this line of work. Um, And that's. So in my industry, no, there's no there's no Indians doing IT job. But I can see what you mean, like Silicon Valley, some of the private sector stuff. Like when I was working in the private sector, my last big job, I was working with Verizon and we had um, we we worked with other companies who were international and they had a lot. There's a lot of Indians. Uh, the, the Indians are just big in IT. You know, it's just. um there's there's a there's a billion Indians and they're super heavy on IT and they got some really talented people, so that's why they're asking that question. You know, it's it's not this is not a slight or some kind of stereotype. It's just they're just really good at. I mean, they're just very good at IT. This I don't know what the hell's going on, but <laughs> this is so many doing it and there's you know over a billion Indians in the on planet Earth, so. It's just, you know, it's just like if I was in the NBA, the most dominant players are, are people over six feet tall who happen to be black. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't know what the hell's they're putting in the fucking water, but, you know, they're just super dominant on in IT. So I, I understand the question, but no, I don't think they're taking over. IT is a huge field. You know, you've got, you've got um, mathematicians working in, in NSA, you've got um policy wonks like myself working in government you've got people in the insurance and financial sector 
banking, you've got people doing retail, IT. It's a huge, huge, huge field. So no, no, no one um, group of people is going to take over all. Like we need everyone to do this work in all different sectors. So that's the great thing about IT is it takes all of us. Nobody can say, oh, I I created all of the, like, no, anybody who says that is something is seriously wrong with them. Like something is seriously because no one person has has done this. It takes all whole planet Earth to run this um, all IT in the back end, you know. So there's no there might be people who are dominant in one field or one sector or what for whatever reason, but it takes all of us to do this. Every every creed, every race, every religion, all of us. It takes all of us. Somebody said, "Yeah, let me see. Let's follow through with this." Um. Their education is so different. It gets them straight to the point. I'm not trying to be racist. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I see what you're saying. They pump out thousands of Indians. Um, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, the region is very, very skilled in IT. They're just very, yeah, like, I think that the, the Indian government, first of all, is on the rise. Like, I don't know if you've been paying attention to world news, but they just put a dude, they just put a, a dude, they just put a, landed a, a a system on the moon on the dark side of the moon like they're they're doing something man the indian and i'm glad i'm 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 happy to have other nations do something do big things i think that's great you know because the more that means there's more um opportunity for all for everyone right i i, the, the, I want a day when the indians hire somebody like myself to help help out with you know, maybe they have a government contract. They want to hire me. You know, I would love it if the Chinese uh, weren't so crazy communist and would would open up their doors and have me. I would love that. Would be great. I would love to travel there. I would love the way things going right now. I'm terrified to go over there because all stuff that you know. I'm I really follow global politics, so I as a you know person who's been working for the U.S. government, I would not go. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even take a tour over there because <laughs> of stuff they're doing with Canada, Canadians and stuff. I'm like, no way, man. But I would love it if I would love to travel to China, work with if, you know, uh, Taiwan or something like that or Indian government or they had a contract. That would be awesome, you know, if that happened. So um, I'm, I'm glad that the Indian government uh, is, is doing big things, putting landing stuff on the moon and their their sectors their uh it sectors getting huge and and outsourcing taking all these contracts and stuff that's that's really good news for everybody um yeah there's so much propaganda but there's also some truth yeah the world is um very divided right now yeah yeah it's, it sucks but it really does suck man it's i don't know where we're going with this but it's it's not looking good you know it's really not looking good right now for humanity. Uh, you would think that we we'd be going we'd be going in a better direction than we are, but no, sucks. Let me see. Let me see here. Just reading comments on TikTok. If you guys have any questions whatsoever, feel free to join me. Ask questions about IT stuff. Or any questions, really. I, I don't really have many people following me today, whatever reason. So, um, yeah, Israel, Palestine, um, Russia, 
Russia and Ukraine. And then what really sucks is that, and I don't want to, I'm not going to make this political, man. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't even know enough to talk about it. But what really sucks is that you have superpowers that are kind of inciting violence in the back end. That's what really sucks is that people are taking sides and uh, not trying to, they're not trying to throw water on the fire and put it out and have peace. What they're doing is like, I'm going to choose this side and I'm going to do whatever I can to, to make my side win. And it just, it, it's not going to lead to a good place in my opinion. So I'm, I'm just sad for humanity, to be honest with you. At the end of the day, humans should not be killing each other. Absolutely, of course, in a perfect world. And I'm not even saying that you that you're going to have war, but I just I wish that we would think about where this actually goes because it just seems like it can go to a very very dark place. You know, a very dystopian really really dystopian dark place i'm gonna answer some it questions i've got some stuff going on here let me see i'm not gonna definitely not gonna go down the political road i do not want to talk about that stuff it's very depressing and and i i watch enough of that news um for for all of us brandon says um can you talk about the differences between um, 800-171 controls versus 853-A controls. Um, I, yeah, I could speak on that one, but let me answer a couple of questions here that I have from Facebook. And uh, let me see. Somebody asked me, they said, I have my Security Plus and now I'm looking for a great position. Security Plus. So if this is you and you're looking, for, you have a Security Plus and you're looking for a great position, let me show you what I would do. Let me show you one of the tactics and techniques that I would do if I were you, if I was in your position. Let's see here. Let me show you. Let's just see if I can show my screen real, real quick. Bear with me. If you guys are just joining me, I'm um, my name is Bruce, and I do information security, also known as GRC, specifically for NIST 853 type work. And what I want to show right now is if you have a Security Plus, here's how I would go about finding a job. Right now, I'm on LinkedIn. Happy to be watching my screen. You go to LinkedIn, you could just do this. Watch this, Security Plus, Security Plus. I'm just typing in Security Plus into their search. Now what I'm gonna do, this is one of the things you can do. You're gonna search on jobs. Now it's it's finding jobs of, of requ with requirements for Security Plus. And then what you would wanna do is go down to see if you fit any of these requirements. Um, let me see. It might not have picked up on Security Plus. Let's make sure. We can type in CompTIA. Let's just type in some CompTIA Security. Let's see. It went from two. Okay, it's got two thousand results. 
You want to do this on LinkedIn, on Dice.com, Monster, um, and just go down the list. Uh, obviously, you know, if you're if you are just starting this off, you've only been in a help desk for a year or two, something like that, you know, senior principal position is not going to be good for you. You also want to take into account location, um, whether or not they require things like a security clearance uh, or if they'll give you a security clearance. Look for remote jobs. If location is an issue, they're harder to get, but you can get them. Look for the requirements and the actual preferred requirements as well. That's what I would do. Very simple, very straight to the point. That's one of the things you can do. Let me let me see if I can answer this other question here. It's 853 versus 800. I have nothing prepared for this, but um, let me see if I can speak on it a little bit. So first of all, one thing I can say is that um, NIST 853A has a total of a, a little over a thousand total controls if you include the in security enhancements, whereas 800, uh, 171 has significantly less controls because they're catering to two different things. So um, NIST 853A is following uh, a process to protect federal systems with federal information. So that might that includes up to top secret information on up. Like it's anything from sensitive information, un, unclassified information all the way. But typically it's a a government system that's in a government environment that's processing and transmitting government information. Whereas uh, NIST 800 uh, 171, which I I don't typically do that kind of work, so bear with me on. I'm trying to get the wording right. This is for organizations that might have a contract with the Department of Defense, um, and say they they might have maybe they have a company where they have these little plastic uh, tabs that go on the seat cover of of uh, government vehicles. Right for the army, all right, right, and they, that's all they do. So they don't. It's not. They're not processing government information, but they're working with the government. So they might have information that's that is sensitive, but not classified. Um, they might have information that's sensitive that they have to protect, but it's not government necessarily government information that can't be. If it was leaked, it's not going to hurt the government or anything like that. But they do need to have some level of protection. So you have two different frameworks for two different purposes. One is purely designed specifically for the government. That's not to say an organization can't use NIST 853A. Some organizations do. But it's designed specifically for the federal government. And the federal government has to, has to use those controls, right? Whereas... If you are some small company that smells that smells that, that sells these tiny little tabs 
to the Ar Department of the Army, and they just go in the Humvee on the on. It's a little tab that goes on the seat cover or something like that, and that's all you're doing. You're not necessarily processing. You don't have federal system. You don't have any kind of federal information systems. You don't have any. You're just processing that information. So you don't have to have the same level of scrutiny that that say uh, the actual army, the Department of the Army, has to have because they might have. Think about it. They have like uh, actual soldiers and captains that are on their systems, and even the exposure of that captain or that soldier's information, that PFC's information, is harmful because. If somebody gets wind that this PFC or this captain works at this place, that could be harmful to them and to that organization. Whereas this little company that sells these little plastic tabs and all they're doing is they got like a 3D printer. They they print that out and then they package it up and they give it to the government. Um, they they The only thing that they might have is maybe specifications for the seat that goes in the Humvee. And that's the only information that they're really protecting, you know, other than maybe the the email, the work email of that captain that they have to work with, right? So the level of scrutiny that they that they need is completely different. So that's I'm trying to get like a diagram that's going to show you like a visual representation of the differences between those because it um, there there are some some things that I could show you side by side where it, it breaks down how like how how many controls of each and it'll give you a very good idea of what what we're talking about here but let me sh i found something here so let me show you that oh man why did i just remove that okay there we go <laughs> all right so on my screen if you happen to be watching me on facebook and on uh, linkedin and on youtube i've got a little diagram that's coming from the comp compliance forwards they have some really good stuff on there um but look at this so what we're showing right now is a is a a diagram that has a it's a big oval circle. Let me see if I can switch this camera around so I can not have to describe this to you quick here. I'm on TikTok trying to show them what we're seeing here. I don't know if you can see that, but so this big circle here, this big gray circle is is how many controls. This represents how many controls the NIST 853 has. It's a lot. Right. It covers a lot of ground because it's a lot of very critical information that they have to do. So it's just thou a thousand controls, hundreds and hundreds of controls, whereas all the controls from NIST 800-171 can fit inside because they're just doing um, uh, lower level uh, information. So this gives you a visual representation of the the amount of controls of one versus the other because this, they're just doing uh nist 800-171 is just doing what's called cui which is controlled unclassified information and it's typically working with federal organizations but not necessarily working doing all the um processing or transmitting actual um classified information or even sensitive information so so there you go i mean that's i i want to go in greater detail about it but i'm i'm really um i i don't have a direct experience on 171 i i don't do that one i do mostly nist 800 not to say i couldn't do 800 171 because actually most of the controls from 171 or all of them are actually in 
NIST 800. So whenever I read it, I'm like, yeah, I know what this is. I know what that is. But how they process it, I have not done that. That process. Let me see. I've got some other some other questions that have popped up here. So let me see if I can address those. So on YouTube, somebody asked me, how would a person that just graduated go about getting into the gov tech sector? Okay, so if you happen to be a student who has a bachelor working in a bachelor's degree or you're done with it or you happen to have an associate's degree or a master's degree or even you're working on your PhD, right, whatever it happens to be. Um, and you're going to an accredited college and you're doing IT work, you're trying to get into GovTech. If this is you, then what I would do is I would look for an internship right away. Um, you'd be surprised how many organizations have internships and how many schools have connections with companies that are trying to pipeline their students directly into these companies. Um, I'm thinking. Off the top of my head, I remember one of my friends, he was going to a company that had a direct pipeline to DuPont. And so they would they would have some of their students who were at going in, in chemistry work doing working in the labs at DuPont, like or do tours in DuPont. They had a direct connection to DuPont. So the first thing I would do if I were you is I would look into my school's programs to see if they have if they have uh programs with the department of corrections or with uh the federal government with d uh dhs with dod or whatever right that's the first thing i would do because your school probably has some program with the government sector um they usually they usually do they have some kind of connection with uh with either government sector or even private sector where you could get a job or an internship or an apprenticeship with the with that company organization or whatever right and don't i don't just close your don't uh limit yourself to just GovTech. like open up your your prospects to everything right so that's what i would do um next what you can do is go on one of these job search engines, these job aggregators, and look for, actively look for um, apprenticeships and, and internships. The government is, uh, is aggressively, look. they're not very good at marketing. The government is not very good at marketing unless they're trying to get you to shoot people and kill and, and break things. <laughs> well, um, the army has a pretty good, you know, the Marines have a pretty good, but as far as all these little IT jobs out there, which they need a lot, they we really are hurting. The thing is, here, here's the thing, Roderick, they're really looking for people um, in all sectors, but they're looking for people who, uh, who have a certain level of qualification. That said, you want to get yourself in, make yourself available, like make yourself seen by them. They're actively looking. So if you go on the job aggregators, you will find them. I'm telling you, man, I've been doing this for a long time, working with the government. I worked with DHS. I worked with NASA. I worked with DOD, all branches of the of the military. And we always, we rarely have enough people. 
I can't even think about even one. I can't even remember one time where we had enough people doing the work. Um, we we rarely have enough people to do the work. Um, and as a result, our human resources are, it's very, we don't have a lot of younger people doing this work. We don't, <laughs> the average age where I work right now is probably like 45. It's probably like maybe 40. It's older, man. <laughs> it's older. Uh, so we just don't have a lot of younger people doing this work, man. GRC work, you just don't have a lot of people doing it. So, and that's not, GRC is one part. Like you IT jobs, help desk jobs. They're constantly looking for people. I'm Man, I just got an email not too long ago from, damn, where was it? I want to say it was um, the Department of State sent me an email. Department, and they were looking for jobs. Department of State was looking for jobs. We're lo was looking for people to do these jobs. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Department of State. It was like an internship, I believe. Intern, internship, IT, jobs. Let me see if I can find it. I'm looking right now for it. There's another site you can go to called Clear Jobs. Clearjobs.com is one, but I think that they require you to have a clearance or at the very least be eligible for clearance. And eligible means that you are a, a U.S. citizen. U.S. state jobs on Indeed. Let me see if this was one of the emails that I got. Um, I'm seeing some internships, but not the actual one that I found here. Was it in my email? Man, I get these things all the time. I'm let me let me see if I can find a place. Okay, so first of all, you can you can go to the job aggregators. You can go to LinkedIn, you can go to Indeed, you can go to dice.com, monster, all those, and look for internships. And you will some of those will be government-based. Some of them will be contracts that work with the government. Number one, also your school. Go to your school. They have programs that work with not only the the public sector, government work, but also private sector uh, in your local area from time to time. So look for those. But I'm trying to look for, man, not too long ago, I'm telling you, they sent me an email. The State Department, I believe it was, they were looking for position uh, people to fill these positions. Somebody said, forgive me, I'm new, what's up? So um, while I'm looking for this, if you happen to be jumping on this live and you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm an IT guy who is not very technical. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. I get paid very well. I work from home. I make six figures. Um, and I've been doing this for quite some time. This is not the brag. This is to tell you what's possible. And it's not even a big deal. I mean, it's, I know people who are absolutely killing it and put me to shame so what i'm telling you is not bragging this is this is some average crap all right so um if i can do it you can do it that's all i'm trying to say i'm a high school dropout if i can do it you can do it now that being said i did go i was in the military for eight years um i i i got my degree 
when I was there. I, I, I kicked ass. I took names. I still work hard as hell. I'm not an average dude. I, I, I don't do average work, you know, so that is, you can do it. If I can do it, you know, I'm, I'm not Elon Musk. I'm not a fucking genius. You know, I just work harder than the average person. That's it. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you the truth. So I can do it. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. If I can do cybersecurity, you can do cybersecurity. If I can make six figures. You, I guarantee you're smarter than me. I just, I probably work harder than you. I probably work harder. <laughs> My work ethic is no joke, bro. <laughs> uh, it's, it's no joke, but you're probably smarter than me. Um, Let me see. Um, So I'm still looking for this internship. I didn't forget about you, Roderick. Um, I got sent an internship not too long ago. And Larry, thank you for that 10 bucks, man. I appreciate you. Every bit helps. Um, Let me see. That's that's contributing to my coffee fund. Thanks for the coffee, Larry. That's going to give me some good coffee. Let me see here. If you guys want to donate, give me some coffee, YouTube. <laughs> All right, let me see if I can find this internship. I'm looking for it in some department of I got so many emails and stuff. Department of State sent me like an internship. And I, I don't even remember if I sent it out to my group, uh, my newsletter. I send out jobs to my newsletter every now and then. So if you're interested in that, join my newsletter. I, I got a job, so I don't need it. So I'll just send out jobs that are sent to me. Um, and some of them, I, I'm just not even um, qualified for. I'm not, they're not my, you know, Some sometimes they're like networking jobs or programming jobs or whatever. So what is this on TikTok? Somebody sent me a universe. I appreciate that galaxy, man. <laughs> um, shout out Dante, man. Too bad we didn't get to, to meet up in uh, Manila, man. I was over there again, like uh, about last couple weeks ago. Uh, but I had so many things to do. I was pretty busy there, man. One of these days, I like to just go there and chill. Every time I go there, I'm like doing all kinds of stuff. Um, Let me see. Shit, where is this email at, man? I'm looking for this internship. And I apologize. I can't find it. Meanwhile, I got a bunch of questions and stuff that are popping up. Okay, I think it'll send this account. Let me just check this one last thing. Department... Veteran Affairs Department Bureau of Information Resources. Nope. It was it was Department of State, I thought. Department of State. These guys sent me this internship. And they were looking for people to work there. The government is really hungry for, for new talent. If you happen to be working on your degree, you might even want to even go directly to Department of State, go directly to DOD's website. Sometimes I'll have a career page. DOD's a that's a huge website. So you have to go to one of the branches and departments within the Department of State uh, or the Department of uh, Defense. But they have jobs, man. You might even want to apply directly there. Definitely you want to put your, your resume out there so they can find you. And I, I apologize. I cannot find this down. I get so much emails, man. It's crazy. I, it's called Bureau. 
do this uh, work one more time here. Man, I can't find it. Damn. Okay. Anyway, yeah, Roderick, I hope that helps you, man. I, I I apologize. I wish I could help you a little bit more, but let me go through some more of these questions here. Questions, comments, complaints. Let's see here. Um, since Larry gave me this ten bucks, let me read what he has to say. And thanks again, Larry, for that for the coffee fun. Appreciate you. And Larry says, "Hey, Bruce. Aside from the PMP, um, and that's a project management certification. But aside from the P PMP, what cert would you recommend for a project manager um, starting cyber work to help with?" Uh, the technical side of things. Um, I would recommend Security Plus. Security Plus is a highly marketable certification. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I've got people way smarter than me with equal or greater experience. If you guys have to chime, please feel free to chime in. I will read your comment on here. Um, I'm by, by no means the end-all be-all of all information here. Okay, I'm just going off of what I've seen. And, and, and just going off of my building off of my experience, but feel free to join in this discussion. Larry's question was, aside from the PMP, um, what would I recommend? What would you guys recommend a project manager who's starting to get into cyber work to help them with the technical side of things? Now, I would recommend if you if you have a technical edge to you, if you're already kind of a technical person, Larry, I would recommend the security plus and the reason why is because not, not only is it marketable, but it's going to it's going to break down some of the core essentials and the best practices of security that you need to know. So that when people start talking about networking issues or networking security issues or um, encryption issues, you'll understand uh, you'll be in the vicinity of what the hell they're talking about and be able to go down those rabbit holes and be a part of the conversation. Right. And at the very least, know where to look to go deeper into what what's going on. So now, if you're not technically inclined, you just don't have a technical background at all. You never worked help desk. You never you you don't you're just not a geek. You're not that's just not you. Uh, you're starting from scratch, and I would recommend doing like an A plus certification. The reason why I say this, and I know that some IT guys are rolling their eyes because they're like an A plus certification is useless. Listen, that was my first certification, and it helped me to understand the landscape of what IT is all about. So I often recommend it to people who are beginners, like who people who really are green. They really don't know anything. It's a great certification for that because it's going to teach you the common body of knowledge that you need to know so that you can build into cyber, cybersecurity, right? Because it cybersecurity you're not going to understand cybersecurity deeply unless you have a good solid understanding of a basic IT fundamentals and basic IT fundamentals is what CompTIA A+ teaches so i would recommend if you don't know anything if you're coming in green you're just trying to get more technical i'll start off with an A+ certification not necessarily just for the certification itself which is marketable by the way but so you can understand the common body of knowledge and walk away knowing the jargon. Because a lot of times when, especially if you're really new to this, you'll just, you won't understand some of the acronyms and stuff that people are shouting out. But after that 
uh, certification, A plus certification. There's two that you need to get. There's this hardware one and software. I don't know if they they don't break it down by hardware and software anymore. Man, I'm dating myself. Now, and it's different now. But there's two. Di- there's still two different certifications for it. But if you do that, it's going to help you to understand the jargon at the very least, and then you can build off of your knowledge. Another thing I would recommend you you do is mess around at home to get some hands on. Um, Hand, mess around with your network. Add a system to your network yourself. You know, uh, uh, make make a system have a static IP address. See, that requires that you would know what a static IP address is. You know, and then and and that kind of thing. So that that's what I would recommend, uh, Larry. But let me see if anybody else has recommended anything else. Uh, let me see. Yeah, okay. There's a couple sort of um, people chiming in. Security Plus should take 90 days. There we go. I was on the right track. Security Plus should take 90 days to be ready and test. Yeah, app, Security Plus is a good one. It's a very, very good one. Um, let me see. Who else chimed in? I started looking into Security Plus um, and as I'm in the public sector, and it seems like it's floated out there a lot. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very marketable. People, people know what it is, and that's why I recommended it to you. But if you don't know anything about IT, it's going to be difficult. So if you don't, if you're if you're very green to IT in general, I would recommend you do A plus first, then Security Plus. You could probably skip Network Plus. Yeah, I would skip Network Plus. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would skip that one. But A plus certification, if you have no idea what's going on, and then build to Security Plus, and that will get you at least to know the jargon. And then I would, if you want to go even deeper, do labs at home. There's things that you can do at home uh, to to increase your, your skill set and get you uh, more knowledgeable. Let me see here. Somebody said, Gina King said, that's the worst advice. <laughs> Have, <laughs> that's the worst. Have Larry call me. Somebody on TikTok, Larry, said that's a terrible advice I just gave. <laughs> um, and if you happen to be, Larry, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but uh, there's somebody watching me on on here called Gina King, who's uh, <laughs> who wants you to call them. They got some better advice. Hey, I'll tell them right here if you want me to. Let me see. Zero companies are aligned with those certs. Find a friend and get your questions answered. That's what Gina King is saying. So I respectfully disagree. Very, very respectfully disagree with that with that statement that 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 they just made. Uh, because uh, lots of lots of public and private sector are looking for a Security Plus. Security Plus. Right now, if you go to Indeed and type in Security Plus, you'll find tons of people looking for it. It's it's a very marketable certification and it's going to let you allow you to understand the common body of knowledge. Um it's it's great to ask your coworkers or some some other geeks in your field questions and everything, but if you're trying to go deeper on this, a lot of times you won't even know what questions to answer. Ask them because you don't have enough knowledge to ask. It's kind of like me going to a plumber. I don't know I sometimes when I have issues with plumbing or whatever, right? Plumbing is just one example. I don't even know what the parts are called, right? So I don't even know 
what the parts are called to ask the plumber the right questions. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to get Larry to the point where he can ask the right questions because he'll know the common body of knowledge. He'll know how things fit together, but then he'll have more. He'll have enough knowledge to ask the right questions. So I'm trying to get him to that level. I'm not even talking about the marketability of those shirts, but they are marketable, by the way. And Gina, if you don't believe me, you can go Indeed right now, type in Security Plus, and you'll find tons of people, uh, organizations looking for that certification. And A Plus, by the way. So I every time I mention uh, CompTIA, they're like, people roll their eyes. Like, oh, my God, why are you? Listen, that was my first cert, man. And it, it taught me quite a bit, like just the learning alone of the common body of knowledge you need to know is all consolidated right there. If you're a self, if you like to self-study, then that's a good one. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of any other things you could do that would be as effective. And I can't, you know, I can't think of any. And Gina said, I disagree. Stop with the cert. Uh, befriending architects in. Oh, befriend architects and engineers build a community mm, yes but you still need to know the right questions to ask and if you if you want to go deeper if i want to be a plumber right i still need to bust open some books to understand what what the parts what kinds of pipes what are the names of the pipes and how this stuff is working and then how much pressure is supposed to be applied that's supposed to come into a house. I don't know any of that. I don't know. I don't even have any idea what questions to ask. But if you learn the common body of knowledge, now I can start to, he'll know what to ask me. You know? So that's just my two cents. But I respectfully, respectfully disagree. So Gina says, as a PM, no, I have them. Oh, Gina's saying, okay, this is hitting it from a different perspective. Gina's saying you have those certifications and you're saying it doesn't, it doesn't do you no good. That's what you're saying. It's, is that what you're saying? Because that's a great argument if that's what you're saying. You're, Gina is a PM, has those certifications and saying it, it doesn't help. Is that what you're saying, Gina? Like you, you did that and it's like it didn't help you? Because if, if that's the case, then that's a great argument. I, I respect that. But I still disagree. Um, the technical debt of the organization is behind that. I mean, you could you could ask people, you could ask engineers, you could ask your fellow, you know, you might have a fellow geek or something out there who be willing to answer the questions. But if you're a PM, Here's, here's my thinking, okay? You can't, as a PM, listen, you don't have to be technical as a PM, Larry. Listen, you don't have to be, so on to Gina's point, as a PM, you don't have to, you don't have to really know all those things. You don't have to know those things. Um, if you want to go deeper, and if you are in a position where maybe you're in a position where you are working directly with IT professionals, you're direct working directly with cyber, and you want to be more articulate on these issues, and maybe it's calling for you to be more articulate. Maybe it's calling for you to know more information, whatever's going on with your position, right? I'm thinking that's where you're at, where you're in a position where, because I've been in organizations. Listen, first of all, 
program managers are super important. Every place I've gone to, program and project managers, we I can't live without them. All right. Now, those are two separate things. But project managers, especially in big, big projects, I can't live without them. I need them so bad. And typically, I they don't usually need to know uh, stuff. They don't normally have to know it. But there's been some positions where if they did know it, it was very, very helpful. It was if they did know what was going on it was very, very helpful. That was far and in between to Gina's point. To Gina's point, normally they would, if they had a question about something, they would rely on the subject matter expert myself to ask about risk management framework. They don't have to know risk management and how it breaks down or whatever, usually. But I've been in positions where the project manager did know that stuff and it was extremely helpful, right? And they were like right, right on the money where we were talking. It depends on the organization. It depends on what organization. Usually to Gina's point, a program manager, a project manager don't have to know the technical details. I, that's often why I say, hey, a lot of people come to me and say, Bruce, I want to get into cybersecurity. I want to make all this money. And I'm like, listen, where are you at? Thanks for the glasses, by the way. Nice fit. And they're saying, hey, I want to know cybersecurity. I want to make that money. I want to work from home. And and they're like, okay, I'm 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 48 years old, um, and I'm not telling you not to do IT. If if you that's what you want to do, great. But I'm telling, listen, the learning curve is crazy, right right now, and, and you don't have a background in this. The learning, and I suggest that they do project management because project management can pay as much or more than cybersecurity, and you could ramp up a little bit faster to get from here to there. So I. Oftentimes I and then it's not it's not super technical. You don't have to know um, risk management framework. You don't have to know, I don't know, OSI model. You don't have to know. Hell, if you learn it, you're just going to forget it because you don't you're not using it every day. But if you happen to be in a position where you do, like it sounds like Larry is, he's in a position where maybe he's a he's a project manager. He he has the cert or maybe he's going to work on the cert and he wants to. He's in a position where he he needs to know it to interface with he where for whatever reason the position uh, requires him to be more articulate in this space and he needs to talk about the difference between a public IP and a private IP and he needs to understand that when he's talking to the CISO or whoever then yeah pro that would be great for him to learn that and if you know that knowledge it allows you to level up later and be a program manager where you're having to learn, know more of that stuff and be a manager, right? So um, that's just my two cents. But I, I think Gina has some great things to say. And Gina said, tell them to call me. So so Larry, listen, like if you happen to have, like this is a great opportunity, but you guys are on different platforms. So Gina, if you want to hop on YouTube and contact Larry directly, or Larry, if you want to hop on TikTok, Gina's here. And Gina's a CISO, I think. I think. See, Gina's a CISO, man. You might want to talk to Gina. <laughs> you might want to talk to Gina, bro. <laughs> yeah. So uh, shout out, Lena. Uh, shout out, Gina. Shout out, Larry. Um, very impressive conversation. Thanks. Thanks for that. That's great. Great insight. I really appreciate it. Um, 
what's the link on YouTube? Go to YouTube, Gina, and then just type in combo courses. You'll you'll find me. I'll I'll pop right up in the for the live. You can also find me on Facebook as well and LinkedIn. I'm also on LinkedIn right now live. Go to if you type in combo courses or Bruce Bruce uh, CISSP RMF, you'll find me. Larry said, in my case, I've noticed the higher level su uh, supervision uh, not only have experience of managing complex, high value projects, but also possess enough technical background to identify. So it sounds like Larry's just trying to he's trying to level up. He's, he's just trying. He's in a position where he's trying to level up. But that said, Gina's Gina's CISO. So you guys might want to you guys might want to talk. She might know some things. You know, it sounds like she knows some things we don't, Larry. So you might want to talk to her. <laughs> she is CISO. I, I, I don't know what to say. You know, I don't know what to say. I would definitely talk to Gina, though. That's that's a great. This might be a level up of a lifetime. So, yeah. So Larry, Larry's with me here on uh, he's on YouTube uh, and you can join our our live here and then uh, message him directly here. And Larry, if you if you're very interested, I'm I'm on TikTok and Gina's Gina's here. All right, so let me see if there's any anything I missed. Um, let me see here. Let me see if I have any other questions while those two are looking for each other. What about CISSP and how long uh, it takes to get certified from Nadia. Um, so I have a CISSP and I'm one of the earlier adopters. Well, I don't know how early it is, but I got it in 2000 and 2006. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm old, man. Anyway, yeah, I got it a long time ago. So um, anyway, so CISSP. So I think you have to the requirements are that you're supposed to be working in IT for for not just IT. You're supposed to be have experience in cyber. I want to say it's about five years. CISSP requirements. Let me I don't want to be a liar. So let me look it up. CISSP requirements. You're supposed to be a certain level of experience in cyber in certain categories of cyber, cybersecurity. And um you i think you can supplement it with a degree or other certifications but let me look it up for you that's number one there's prerequisites to even taking and sitting for the test by the way um and then we'll get to the studying of it okay so somebody so this is coming directly from cybersecurityeducation.org and it says to become a cissp you will need at least five years of full-time paid work as a security analyst in two or more of the eight domains covered by CISSP. And those include the domains. I'm trying to look for the domains right here. One of them is encryption. One of them is information security. Uh, let me see if I can find the domains. All right, let me let me look for a better a better place, better place for requirements. CISSP experience. Okay, candidate must have a minimum of five years cumulative 
full-time experience in two or more of the eight domains of current CISSP and blah, 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 blah. And the domains are that you are supposed to have the cumulative five years, I think. And we'll talk about the ways that you can get around this, but let's just go with the five years right now. Cumulative five years of experience in one of these categories, security and risk management, asset security, security architecture and engineering, communications and network security. That means like you were, you did networking, you were a network engineer, you, that can even include help desk, you know, identity and, and identity and access management, creating accounts, um, controlling access to systems, um, even the policies for those things, security assessment and testing, a security control assessor, an auditor on technical systems, a security operations that can include maybe your position was uh, was help desk, but you did security operations, or you are a cybersecurity analyst in a cyber in a security operations center, and then software development security. That's app security, looking at source code, making sure it's secure, and probably include like. Um, web inspect and things like that. So they want you to have some background in security, cumulative five years. And I believe you can supplement that. Like, in other words, maybe you don't have five years, but you, let me see, part-time experience. If you have part-time experience cannot be less than 20 hours a week. So there, there's ways you can get around it. And I believe they'll even allow you to sit for the test I believe you can even take the test, pass it, and then they won't give you the CISSP until you hit those five years, something like that. There's there's ways around it. I would go directly to isc2.org and check that out. I would go there and check it out to see if um, to see to get all the details to sit for the test. Right. So sit for the test. Um, how long does it take? I believe the test is um, is it five hours long or four hours long now. When I was taking it, it was it, I took it a long time ago. So when I took it, it was it was a six hour test, and uh, to study for it and pass it, pass it first time. Um, but I studied my ass off. I actually I was very paranoid about the test. I was supposed to take it. I got this job. I was supposed to take it within six months. I was too scared to take it, so they allowed me to take the security plus. And then they were like, look, now that you have the security plus, that's great. But now you got to take the CISSP. And I was like, damn. And I took the CISSP. I studied like another six months or whatever. So I studied for a year. And I and what I took, I, what I did was I took the official guide and I broke it down into sections, took my took notes on the entire book, and then I studied my notes. And and then I just took question after question after question after question you know those practice questions that you see at the end of books i would take those over and over again until i just like wrote memory um i was so paranoid that i overstudied and i ended up you know that's how i did it and I, it took me a year but i know people who just walked in and took the test and supposedly walked in never tested who knows right people are so arrogant but uh some people they studied for a month or two and they passed it and some people say they didn't study at all. It just depends on um, depends on the person, I guess. I'm I'm a I'm a terrible test taker. I'm too paranoid. I second guess myself, and uh, I I overstudy. 
So depends to answer your question with a non-answer. <laughs> um, let me see. So Gina's over here on uh, on YouTube. <laughs> you guys are serious, man. So now I have to keep this live open so that they can talk. <laughs> man, these guys are serious. That's great. Thanks, Gina. I appreciate that. That's what this is all about. This is about helping people get in the space to flourish, to do better. That's that's why I do what I do. But it's also to promote my book. So if you guys didn't know, I've got several books on Amazon. If you go to Amazon right now, you type in Bruce Combo Courses, you'll find me and all my books. They're excellent sources to know much more about this material. And um, best-selling author, um, just to pat myself pat, pat myself on the back. You know, I'm no Stephen King or anything, but I have some books out there that you guys can check out. Now, I, I definitely appreciate all the support, all the love that you guys give. And, and uh, that's why we do this, to help people out. Let me see here. Um, I've got some questions here. I'm going to the bottom of my TikTok questions. Um, let me see. Where can I get your book? So great question. I'm glad you asked that. Now, if you're looking for a great book on cybersecurity, if you're looking for a great book on the breaking down in the simplest form, best security practices, then you want to go to Amazon, type in Bruce Brown Convo Courses, and you'll find all my books. I've got books on um, the NIST CSF. I've got books on Probably my bestseller, the thing that people talk about the most is probably the risk management framework stuff. It's the way I break it down. I'm not using a bunch of academic jargon. I'm getting straight to the point. I'm explaining and I'm explaining it in layman's terms. And I'm trying to use practical examples. Um, and and that's why I think people are buying the books. So if you're interested, go check them out. I've got paper copies. This is not AI-based books that I wrote. These are books I wrote. Um, so check them out. And um, there's mistakes in there. There's human human made. So just so you know. <laughs> so go go check that out. That's where my books are. And also they're on my site, combocourses.org, if you want to buy them that way. There's digital copy, and I, I'm trying to do audio books for every one of them. Most of the books have audio books. If you're, I, I love audio books, so I, I listen to audio books all the time. If you happen to have Audible, then they're there. I, I'm trying to start putting them on different platforms. If you prefer Apple, if you prefer Google Books, you know, I'm gonna put it on all on as many platforms as possible. But that all takes me time. So, um, quick question: Just passed the Security Plus. Congratulations! But um, it was self-taught, and I just read it and passed. Congratulations. Not everybody can do what you just did, but that's awesome. What's a good Security Plus job that will pretty much teach me hands-on um, since I have my Security Plus? So if you if you are just starting off, uh, Javante, if you're just starting off, like if you have zero experience, you, you've never been in a position of doing um, IT at all, I would suggest doing a help desk job. Um, 
not a glorified position, but everybody has to start somewhere. And the best guys start on the help desk. The best, gu the best guys start on the help desk because they know everything from the ground up. So start there. Start on the help desk. Look for help desk jobs with your Security Plus in your local area. That's what I would do. Now, if you already have helped, if you're Bruce, already I'm working on the help desk. I'm trying to level up. That's why I got the Security Plus. Congrats. Now you want to look for a security type position. There's a couple. Probably what I would do is I'd go to LinkedIn. I'd go to Dice. I'd go to Monster. All of them. Even go Google Jobs. And I would type in cybersecurity jobs. And I would look for a job that will accept somebody with my level of experience that has a security plus to get in there and start learning. At this point, if you've never done this before, if you have not held a position where you're doing security stuff, then you just want any job that's going to uh, have the patience to allow you to learn. And, and a, a position, the best position you can get is an organization, not the title so much. What you want is an organization that has a lot of tools and is allowing you to do a lot of things. Give you an example. I was at one position. I had to go overseas to do it. I was working in Kuwait. Shout out to all my overseas uh, Americans who are getting that tax-free money. <laughs> so I went overseas, and um, I was in this position. It was a cybersecurity analyst position. And, man, they had we learned scanning. It was the first time I touched a scanner. I learned scanning. I learned uh, SIEM technology. That's uh, the That's the log. It's a log system that pulls in all the logs in one place, and then you're looking at it aggregates all of them in one place, and you're looking at them. SIEM is um, a security event information manager. Uh, we learned that. I learned how to build it. I learned how to create content on it. We, I, we were working with IDSs, IPSs. Um, for at the time, it was for McAfee. We we were we we didn't I didn't work directly with the firewall or anything like that. But we worked with we had to look at the traffic from the firewall and like how that looks for the logs for the firewall. Uh, we worked for we worked with. Um, man, we we got to work with not so much Splunk because they were using something else, but we got to work with uh, forensics a little bit, a little bit of a forensics using uh, different tools for forensics. We got we got my point is we got exposure on so many different aspects of security and those are the types of jobs you want to get something that a job where you get a lot of exposure to different IT a different variety of information technology i got exposure to incident response incident handling um a little bit of forensics a little bit of of, of network forensics man it was it was like so much learning on the job, hands on stuff. And it was just it was really fun. And that's that's just one environment. You could probably do the same in a network. If you are a network engineer type person, you could get the if you are a junior level in network engineer. I had a position where. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I had another position where I had a mentor and I we were doing all kinds of stuff. We were doing Unix administration. We were doing a little bit of scripting uh, to make our work easier. We were we were working with encryption devices. 
we were working with uh, Cisco devices, switches, routers, and we had to actually build the config of the router ourselves. We had to fine tune it. Like that type of exposure is going to allow you to have so much knowledge and a real deep understanding of what's going on. That's the kind of jobs you want. Not necessarily, you know, I just pointed out two different types of positions. But my point is get into a position that allows you to like really get hands on, get your hands dirty. Because once you get to a policy position or a management position or you want to be a program manager or something else or a CISO or a CIO or whatever, you'll have all this knowledge that you've collected over the years that's going to be that is going to be very valuable to you. So that's what I would suggest you do. Do some kind of get into some kind of position where they're giving you a lot of hands on exposure to whatever technology. Those are the best jobs. You know, the easy jobs are going to be ones where they have you doing one thing. You're just processing tickets or you're just on the phone. Process, they have a script that you walk through and you're not really be able to be creative or, or you're not able to develop or design or or fix anything like you're just doing their little script. I'm not telling you don't do those jobs because if that's all you can get, so you got to start somewhere. But the best jobs for you at this point, uh, if you can get in there, is jobs that have a lot of exposure and a lot of hands on type stuff. Because I'm just telling you from my experience, because that's 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 where I came from. Those are my roots right there. I, I had a lot of hands on stuff. And because of that, I don't even do hands on stuff anymore. But I'm just, when I'm talking to the network engineers, when I'm talking to the IT guys, when I'm talking to people in the field, I know I I can I can see through their eyes what's going on. And it gives me some empathy on what's going on. It, it it allows me to understand their plight, what they have to go through and some idea of how long it takes to fix this or that server. or And so that no, little bit of knowledge allows me to. To art to explain to my managers how long something's gonna take, right? Which is most of my job right now is going between managers, talking to them, and then talking to the network guys or the the technical guys, and translating this information back and forth. Okay, let me see. Yeah, you're, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. Let me see here. Let me see. All right, I think I answered that question. What's a good security plus job? Pretty much teach me hands on. Yeah, we beat that one to the ground. Okay. Let me see here. This really needs to be a Zoom. <laughs> appreciate you. Appreciate you. Let me answer some more questions that I have on um, some more questions I have on Facebook. I think I have some more questions on Facebook. Facebook. Let me see. Facebook. Procurement positions. Okay, I think I answered that one earlier. See. Thank you for sharing a wealth of knowledge. I appreciate you. Thanks for the comments. All those comments and likes and stuff help me out. 
If you guys happen to be on there, hit that like button. That helps me to get seen by the algorithms. Afternoon, my first actual live. Happy Saturday. Okay, looks like I don't have a lot of questions on Facebook. Let me move to Instagram. I miss Instagram a lot. I'm just not on here a lot. So I just miss these questions. Mm, let me see here. That's a work question. Instagram comments. Somebody said, where are you answering questions from people? <laughs> I would like to ask some questions, ask you something. So normally I'll, I'll do these lives. And the reason why I do this is I, this is all I really have time for. Um, there was a time when I, I, um, I wasn't working and I was able to do this full time and I was able to like do con consulting and like talking to people directly, doing Zoom calls, one-on-ones and, and helping people with their you know, directly with their uh, interviews or with their resumes and all kinds of stuff like that. And that was that was fun. That was cool. But I just don't have a time. I don't have time for it right now. So I'll do these on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. I'll set aside like an hour or two and then just take questions on Instagram, on, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on on TikTok and just do my my very best to to answer these questions and um and then i'll break them up into parts that's why you see the shorts or whatever that's put out from these videos saves time and answers of many questions a lot of times when you guys have questions there's no dumb questions because if you ask me a question a lot of times somebody else had the same question and so i answer it and like that question that you ask in that video that we're doing this video these videos that i'm answering these questions thousands of people have the same question and it helps hundreds and hundreds of people over time i've got questions i've got stuff that i did like two three years ago that went not necessarily viral but thousands of people have seen it and it's helped it's helped many of those people so um any of those questions don't be afraid to ask them on linkedin on tiktok or whatever because it's helpful uh it's very very helpful so and if i don't know the answer a lot of times, you know, a Gina King will jump on here and answer a question or have a disagreement because she has a whole nother level of experience than I do. And that's one of the great things about this platform is that we're able to share information back and forth, stuff I didn't know a lot of times. I'll I'll learn something from somebody and I'm blown away. So it's it's a learning experience for me just as much as it is for for some of the people on here. Let me see. Um Oops, on TikTok right now. Okay, let me let me switch over to um, LinkedIn. Could you break down um, how you would go about your interview in prospective jobs as the interviewer or the interviewee? I can do either one, and then you go on to say. I have an internship interview. Oh, okay. Um, recently trying to get a better understanding um, if I did well. Um, this is my specialty right here. This is my specialty right here. I could definitely help with this, but I'm trying to I'm trying to see where you're coming from with this. Okay, listen. 
So here's what I do to prepare for an interview. I, I could tell you from the interviewer's perspective and from the interviewee's perspective. So it depends on where you're coming from. But what I do to prepare for an interview is I'll actually rehearse it myself like this. Like I'll be talking to myself like I'm like like I'm crazy. Like I'll be talking to myself do it, perform. I will perform the interview. And the best thing you could do is perform the interview on camera and then watch yourself and see how you, how you respond. Uh, very, very powerful. <laughs> very, very powerful to do this. Now you might be asked, their next natural question should be, well, what questions do they ask, Bruce? Like what, how do I know what questions? You, you can figure out what questions they're going to ask and all you do is, number one, look at your resume. Look at your resume because they're going to bring that up. Look at your resume. They're going to look at your resume. A lot of times, you know, you take for granted that you gave them your resume. They're going to ask you things from your own history. And you need to be able to articulate what happened in your – you need to be able to articulate how your experience matches their requirements. Does that make sense? So you need to look at your history, your story, your resume is your story, and you need to look at their requirements, right? Very, very important. I want to give you a specific example. Let me see if I can find uh, an actual job here and I can kind of give you an idea. I just, okay, I'm just going to bring up, I'm just going to bring up LinkedIn here if I can. Let me see. So here I am on LinkedIn, right? And there's, this is some random job I pulled up. This is a, a vulnerability technician, and it's in uh, – doesn't matter where it is. doesn't matter who it's from. What we want to do is go straight to the job description. Like, what, what is this job about? What This right here is where a lot of the questions are going to come from. This is where a lot of the questions are going to come from. This, this is not a very good – this this is not very good. <laughs> this is not, where's the requirements at? Anyway, let's just use this. Okay. So if you're on LinkedIn right now, I'm looking at a resume. I mean, I mean, looking at a job description, a very poorly written job description for vulnerability technician, but I can use this. So um, usually I have requirements and preferred requirements, but I'm not really seeing a distinction between those. They're just saying they have a skills that they want. Okay. They want Experience in vulnerability management of uh, Windows servers, workstations, and 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 clients. Uh, experience working with SECM. Experience working with Qualys data. Knowledge in creating packages and installing workstations. So this is somebody putting packages together to to uh, push those patches out to an environment using SECM. And so they're going to ask you those questions. So what you want to do before your interview is take those questions, take those skills and figure out how what you're going to say to say um, when they ask you the question. Right. Like, let me give you an example. So right here, they're saying um, they want somebody who's experienced with working, uh, experienced working with SECM. They're going to ask you that. They're going to ask you, what's your experience working with SCCM? And you need to be able to say, well, sir, um, I actually don't have experience working with SCCM, but I do have experience working with another 
uh, patch um, management system, and it's called X, Y, and Z. It's very similar to SCCM. And my experience with that system, see how what I'm doing here? See what I'm doing? I want to practice that. And I want to do that across all of these things. Experience with Qualys, right? here. Here's the next one here. They're saying we need somebody who's experienced with Qualys. Experience with Qualys. So you know they're going to ask, ask you that question. So you want to be able to tie your story into what their, what their needs are. So they're going to ask you, hey, what's your experience working with, with uh, Qualys or any other scanners? Have you ever worked with any vulnerability scanning tools? And you need to be able to say, actually, yes, I did work with Qualys a bit at my previous position. We usually used Nessus scanners. It's pretty similar. I don't know. I'm sure you've heard of, you know, of that one. But we, we use Nessus scanners, and we also supplemented that with Qualys. So my experience is X, Y, and Z, and I did that very effectively for two years. And we, we had an environment of 2,000 systems. And so we would have to scan all 2000 systems every two, three weeks. That's my experience. I know how to, to put groups together of IP addresses. I know how to not only do a discovery of an environment, but I also know how to do a credentialed scan. That's my experience with Qualys. That's the kind of thing you want to do to practice. Now, to figure out how well you did, you could actually look at what you said that you went to, you already did the interview and everything. So what you can do to see if you did well is look at the actual job description and see how you answered those questions. And what you'll see is when you go through their requirements and their preferred requirements and their skills and all the stuff that's in the job description, you'll see that they actually ask you a lot of those things. So how well you answer those questions is going to determine how well you did. And you're competing against other people. So if you didn't do very well, if you think you didn't do very well, you better hope somebody else did worse than you or that you at least uh, impressed upon them uh, your willingness to work with a team. Because what you could do is supplement it. A lot of times, a couple times I was hired not because of my skills, but my willingness to to work with others. You know, I, that's sometimes I beat people because of that. I wasn't the most skilled dude to come in there. Somebody killed me. I know this because they would tell me later. They're like, hey, man, there was this other dude who had he had a master's degree and a double E and all this kind of stuff. And this dude was awesome. But we chose you. And I'm like, well, why? And they were like, man, you were like willing to work. That's what we need. We need somebody to work with with this jackass over here. This guy's a jackass. And we need somebody who's willing to work with this guy. <laughs> I swear to you, uh, people have said that to me. Like sometimes, especially in cybersecurity, a lot of times it's a stressful environment. So we have to work. You know what? PMs know what I'm talking about because PMs have to work with people all the time. So sometimes you got to work with difficult customers and difficult peers. And so a lot of times, if if you don't have the technical know-how about Qualys or whatever thing that you're supposed to know, sometimes you can just come in there and say, listen, I'm willing to work with difficult people. In fact, that's my greatest skills. I'm I'm very patient and I know how to articulate. I know how to explain what's going on in a way that's not going to piss off the customer. Like if you can come in and tell them that I'm willing to work with difficult customers because a lot of IT guys don't have that skills. Don't they don't have that. They don't have emotional intelligence enough to do that kind of stuff. 
Like they don't want to work with diff nobody wants to work with difficult people. Every place has some Karen or some asshole that you got to deal with. They there's no escape from them. They're freaking everywhere. All right. They are everywhere. Um, you just got to be able to work with them. You got to be able to see where they're coming from and boil down what they actually need from their their personalities sometimes are just so abrasive. And it's hard to deal with people like that. It's, it's just very difficult, but all of us have to deal with it. And if you don't know anybody in your environment who's like that, it's probably you. <laughs> uh, let me see. We need partners. It's moving so fast. We are learning together. Exactly. That's how I... Gina, that's how I approach it. Like, I I approach it as like we're a team, right? See, people hate cybersecurity because a lot of us, unfortunately, a lot of us are not very emotionally intelligent. Like, a lot they come in there uh, and they want to bust down doors and point their gun at people's faces, and it's like and, and throw their authority in people's face, and they forget like we're a team. Like, nobody, this is not going to get done if IT doesn't do it. This is not going to get done if we don't have direction from our upper level management, our project managers, our program managers to guide us in the right. This is a team effort. If we don't do this as a team, if we don't have a little bit more of we, then we're not going to get this done. We need everyone to do to help out. And so. In the interview, when I come at them like that, man, it, that's a huge selling point that you can work with other people and that you have a lot of patience It's a huge huge selling point to yourself. So that fills in a lot of gaps. It, it really, really does. Having the maturity to deal with that. And I, I suspect that's why a lot of cybersecurity positions are taken up by older people because we're, we're, you have a certain level, not to say that younger people can't have maturity, definitely can have maturity for sure over us boomers and, and Gen Z people. Like you guys, you guys have a, a, a level of emotional intelligence sometimes that we we lack. So you guys can have it. It's just having the patience to deal with with people and to be able to just stick to what we're trying to do, our mission, our business, and get this shit done. You know, so huge selling point. Always use that. I'll always uh, put try to find a way to slip that in there. And Gina said, uh, amen, we are trying to help the company survive, the company, the organization, the government, whoever survive um, so families can survive. Uh, whoever is willing, we want you. Exactly. We don't have enough people doing this work. Gina knows what I'm talking about. We don't have enough people doing this work. I mean, it's that's just, listen, right now I'm in a position where we don't have enough people doing what, that's why I said, listen, in, if you look in the description below, this is a great company. If you're willing to to work, like I can send me your resume even. I maybe I can forward it to somebody to see if they, especially if they're a cybersecurity person, they're looking for that. Hit me up if you're looking for a position. We we're everywhere I've gone for the last five years, six years, we've always needed people. We just don't have enough people to do this job. And the and the we need more young people too to do this job. This <laughs> we're getting it's getting older. Like our our, our, the people doing this job is getting older. Like the age group is getting really, it's getting up there. So we need more and more people to do this. 
So, yeah, apply for the jobs. And and it's kind of our fault because the company sometimes they set this stupid, this bar super high. It's like, oh, we want an entry level position, but we want five, 10 years of experience. Like, how is that an entry level position? You guys need to hire some people. You guys need to get off your ass. You guys need to take a risk with some of these younger people and you need to hire some people. This is getting ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous. Um, so I don't put that in you guys. You know, it's not Gen Z or millennials. Um, it's not your fault. A lot of times it's the organizations that aren't are saying, oh, it's an entry level position, but they want five years of experience. Stupid. Uh, let me see. A LinkedIn user says suggests for military vets looking for non suggestions for uh, military vets looking for non-government contract roles. Most of my experience is in RMF. OK, I can answer this uh, question for you. Um, excuse me. So one of the one my last big job, I worked for a company called Verizon and they had a cybersecurity risk group, cybersecurity. I'm, I'm not saying it right. But it was a cybersecurity team, and they needed people to know risk management framework. Um, and when I went in, we yeah, we needed to know risk management framework and a couple other frameworks, actually. And the reason why they were looking for somebody who knew risk management framework, NIST 837 and NIST 853, is because if you know those ones, you are going to be very familiar with or be able to learn very quickly with PCI compliance and uh, PCI DSS and um, uh, ISO 27001 and CIS controls and, and whatnot. So what you got to do is tailor your resume so that it fits into what the civilians want to see. You can't be putting jargon and stuff in there. Like a lot of us jarheads and, and uh, freaking Navy people and uh, chair force people, Air Force, you know, a lot of us will put in all these acronyms and stuff and the civilians don't know what that is, especially the private sector. They don't have no clue about about those things. You need to be able to explain exactly what you did in the military. Like you, you don't want to use in the military, a DOD, if you're working with the army and you had some you worked on some specialized weapon system. Right. And everybody know in the army, you know, knows what that system is. Um. And you can use that acronym and it means something. But outside the military, it doesn't mean anything. You need if it's a Unix based system, if it used Red Hat Linux, you need to say I worked with I was a admin for Red Hat Linux because everybody knows what that is. But they don't know what JT5X3 system weapon system is. They don't know what that is. But if JT35X system, whatever acronym. If that system was based off of Windows 10 or Windows 11 or, or Red Hat or whatever, you need to put that in there, that you were an admin for that. Does that make any sense? Same thing for compliance. Um, the Department of Defense um, uses acronyms and stuff for compliance as well. So what I suggest you do, what I've done, and this is how they found me. This is how, and, and Verizon is just one organization. Many, many organizations use NIST 800. You need to put NIST 837 on there. Because um, sometimes they don't, what is the jargon the DOD uses? So DOD might use 
Mm, what do they, they they call it something else? When, when I was in, this is a long time ago, but they call it di, uh, diacap, which <laughs> it was a very well diacap turned to NIST eight hundred. So I I don't remember what the government the the federal government calls calls um, compliance. But you, my point is, you need to be able to use the words that the private sector uses, and they use NIST eight hundred thirty seven. NIST 853. They use that kind of language. They don't, they are not going to use stuff that's specialized to the Army, to the Navy, to the Air Force, to the Marines, if if that makes sense. So if you want an example of this, LinkedIn is, is your best friend. Go to LinkedIn, type in RMF and search for job jobs. And then look at the descriptions, pay special attention to the descriptions of the jobs that are outside of the military, outside of uh, outside of the the federal government. You can find these jobs. They do exist because there's, everybody has to do compliance banks, uh, healthcare industry. And you'd be surprised how many banks and healthcare industries are using NIST 800 because they know that if you know NIST 800, there's a very good chance you you can very quickly pick up ISO 27001, ISO 27002, which are very, very parallel to what we what you already know. So that's an, that's one thing you can do. I hope that helps. It, it it worked for me, and that's how I got a private sector job knowing a risk management framework. I was very surprised and surprised and shocked that they that so many other organizations outside of the federal government actually use it. And by the way, there's some federal jobs that don't feel like federal jobs and they're contractors and you have to know risk management framework for those two. So, you know, don't, don't close any doors for yourself. Let me see. I'm not going to be on here too much longer, guys. I really appreciate all the questions. Um, thank you all the, uh, very skilled people who jumped in there and were helping people out. I really appreciate that. D-Truth, let me see. I'm going to take a couple more questions here. D-Truth says, are there any good testing resources for program management certificates? Hmm. I don't know, D-Truth. I don't know. Gina Mike, there's a couple program and project managers on here who might be able to help with this question. Uh, I got Gina King on here. And I've got um, a couple of other guys on here who are, are PMs who might be able to help with this question. The question, if you happen to be a PM, is are there any good testing resources for pro program managers certi certifications? That's the question. I, I can't answer it. I'm not a PM. Somebody said, hey, Bruce, are there any good testing resources for testing resources? for program managers or certifications. PMP is the best by far one, but I could be wrong. Like if somebody wants to chime in here and and um, and answer this question, that would be extremely helpful. Let me see here. I'm, I'm looking at TikTok questions here. Bear with me, guys. I got a lot of TikTok stuff going on here.
I still haven't made it into IT. Sad story. IT, is this, Eric, is this the, the security, physical security guy? You had a certification, I think a security plus, and you were trying to get in the, break into IT. And I think my advice to you was to go for a, a help desk job. And I think that's the last thing we talked about on like maybe two, three months ago. And you're still looking. Let me just answer another question here while you're I'm not sure if Eric's still on here. Do you need to put Uber driver on your resume while looking for a cyber position or leave it as a gap? I, I would think it would. Hmm. What do I do in this situation? Um. Hmm. I would probably if you already have IT experience, I would I would leave it off. There was a time when I was transitioning. Um, I was a security. I was a security guard in the Air Force, and uh, I used to put that on my resume when I had. I didn't have much. I felt like I didn't have enough stuff on there, so I'd put it on there. But security kind of physical security does help a little bit with IT because whenever you're doing assessments, it does help. So that's kind of different. I if you already have help desk, here's what I would do. If you already have some help desk stuff, I would I would leave it off. I would I would leave it off. But you you might be able to if you have very little experience, you might be able to word it in such a way that it helps to show, especially if you're very, very new and very young, um, it might be able to show that you're, you could be trusted with managing a business. Because if you're an Uber driver, basically you're an independent contractor. So you could, if you could explain in a way that shows that you could be trusted you, you can be trusted to take care of customers, for example, because as a you, you, uh, Uber driver, you have to take care of customers and you have to take care of their, you know, you have to manage your money, money properly. You got to maybe you had a huge rating on there. So I wouldn't say absolutely not. But if you already have help desk experience, probably don't need it, you know. But if you have nothing, then you probably keep it on there. But twist it in a way that shows that you were excellent to customers. Excellent customer service um, can be trusted with cash payments if that's what you take. I don't know if Uber drivers take cash payments. They do a grab in Philippines. But anyway, you can be trusted to run a business like you ran it just like a business and you have a five star rating uh, over 400 customers. That That's a great thing to put on your resume. If you have that, something's going on with you. If you have, you know, 400 ratings and they're all good. So that's something that if you could put it on, if you could word it correctly, would be great for your resume. Especially if you had nothing else. Um, let me see. Um, I'm going to answer just a couple more questions. Okay, I got to answer this one. <laughs> uh, big Brother, thank you for that 20 bucks, man. Um, I really appreciate you. Um, every bit helps. It's adding to my coffee fund. So, cheers to Big Brother. I appreciate you. It says, hey, Bruce, uh, just to say hello, used to watch you on your other channel. Keep up the good work from New Zealand. Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate your support. One of the things that keeps me doing these lives and, and talking and making videos is positive people like yourself that um, that 
really have helped me out over the years um, in, in ways that I it's hard to put in words. And sometimes practically uh, people on this channel and my other channel have helped me directly. Um, help me. To, and this is something I may I'll explain in my other videos not really for this video. But there's people who were millionaires who reached out to me and taught me things that are helping me to this day. Helping my family, help me to cope with certain, you know, things, the events that happen in my personal life. Um, and positive, positive uh, messages like this have helped me to keep doing this. And this is why I do it. This is why I do it, you know, when I'm sick, when I'm when I'm on vacation, when I'm I do it because uh, I like to do it and I know that it helps people and it also helps me. So I appreciate you and thank you so much for that, for that 20 bucks. And it's going to be able to get me some more coffee and some tea. How's New Zealand these days, by the way? Um, let me see here. Did I answer a question on consulting? Let me see. I must have missed it. Let me see. Mike. Okay. Mike says, what's your take on consulting work? Um, consulting work is, is great. Um, depending on the organization you work for, uh, it's, it's been my, my favorite work. A couple of jobs I had, I was a consultant and it was, it was amazing. A couple times. It was amazing. It depends on how, it depends on the working environment, who you're working with, what work you're doing. But overall, I, I've really enjoyed doing consulting work. Uh, it's been, it, like I said, it's been my favorite. It's been my favorite work. What's paid the bills and kept the lights on has been my my ISO work, information system security officer, GRC type work. I mean, that's really my bread and butter, you know. <laughs> but the consulting work is like a, it's like a peak experience. It's like it happens every now and then, but when it does. It's really nice. It's really cool. It's like this extra thing that happens where I really get to test my skills and um, and do something awesome for for an organization. So it's been my favorite work, and I love I love to do it. You know, especially you can do it under a business. You can do it, you know, privately, pub, pub like you can do it for a, the, a publicly traded company. You can do it for you know a private business. You can, it's just very flexible. It, sometimes it pays really, really good. Uh, it's awesome. I, I suspect that when I retire, I'll still be doing consulting work. It's it's awesome. So my opinion of it is it's incredible. Um, the last gig I had that was purely consulting that I had as a, I was doing risk assessments. I was a, a risk we're doing risk assessments as a part of a team, and I was doing consulting works for different industries and different companies. And wow, it was a great experience because I got to learn. I got to have a good experience with DI, PCI DSS, which was great. ISO 27001, which is awesome. And I got to work with these brilliant, brilliant people who I'm still in contact with, who I, who I admire, who are great, who I learned so much from, who I loved. I'm going to talk about on this channel one of these I've been talking about them actually every now and then I'll talk about I, I just got to meet all these great very talented people who I love and respect 
And uh, I love consulting work, actually. I love it. Most of it. Some of it sucks. But um, overall, as as a career path and as a retirement plan, it's great. (laughs) All right. I think that's it, guys. I really appreciate everybody. I got to get off this thing. Uh, Big Brother has one more question. Let me see. It's my last question. Uh, For the guy who's struggling... Uh, to get into tech, maybe consider Q, consider doing QA or testing. There is a boot camp that I saw advertising uh, by one of our brother's channels. Um, and can't remember which one, but I guess you can Google it. Let me see if, I don't know if Eric's still on here. No, I think he's off. Yeah, that was Eric that asked me that, that told me that. Yeah, I've been noticing, Big Brother, I've been seeing a couple people who have been struggling to get jobs, and it's always unfortunate. Some people have experience. I don't know, like, what's going on, and they can't get positions. I I, Sometimes I think it's because they're trying to go in one specific area, you know? Um, And and sometimes I think what it takes, especially if you're brand new, you don't have experience, sometimes it takes you moving or taking a pay cut. Or doing something you don't necessarily want to do to take that first step. And maybe something like a QA or or PM type position or something else might be better to do. I, I don't know. Like that first step is difficult. I mean, even me, I was in the military. My first step was in the military at a time when we were fighting. T- I was in two wars, man. Like it sucked. And that was hard. Like that first step can be difficult. I, I often tell people to start where they are. If you happen to be a security guy working for some organization, maybe that organization uh, needs an IT guy there. Maybe you can shadow the IT people on your day off or something to get some some kind of um, exposure to that work or even experience where you're at. If you happen to be in retail, or happen to be in any industry as the teller or the customer service service agent maybe if you start where you are and see if, if there's an IT department maybe talk to them and see if there's a way that you can get in or slip in some hours to get just to get that on your resume that's what i often tell people i don't know if that has worked there's one person who follows me who said that they they took my advice and which is awesome they're in school and trying to be in IT and they actually are working, they're working for the school and their degree is not even done yet. So by the time this dude graduates, he'll be able to, this dude's going to be able to just go right from, he has a bachelor's degree, boom, he's going to be able to just have a job because he's going to be able to say on his resume, um, here's what I did. I was doing this for five years at this school. I was the uh, help desk. I, I uh, imaged 500 computers on a, on a Mac environment or whatever. So that is, that's awesome. You got to start where you are is what I often tell people. Um, so, okay. This, this is the absolute last question. Uh, cause I've been talking for about two hours. D truth says, Hey Bruce, I was late to the podcast. Can you speak on the company that you recommended earlier in the podcast? Yes. It's LinkedIn is in description below. It's the company that I currently work for. They're awesome. They 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 took care of me. I really needed this vacation, and these guys. Ta- I literally was able to talk to my boss, and 
and they were able to work something out with me. And I really appreciate that. So I'm just giving them a shout out. It's called Steampunk. Link in description. If you're interested in working for this company, you can send me an email. Just say, hey, Bruce, I'm interested in that job uh, in 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 this in positions that they have. Or you can actually go to the link and they'll have a career section. You can go check and see if they have any positions open. I can tell you right now they do. Like right now, even the place I'm working at, like we need people. I don't know if they'll hire you, but it's worth a shot. You know, if you if you're really looking for something. Um, it's a great company. I can't say that about all companies. I've worked for many, many different companies, large, small, and, and medium, everything in between, public and private. And not all organizations are the same. This one's pretty good. They try to take care of people. Medium-sized company. Um, I don't know if it's privately. I believe it's privately owned. I don't think they're publicly traded or anything yet. Uh, but yeah, great company. Um I just wanted to give them a shout out because they took care of me. I got to go on this vacation. Somebody asked me, how was the vacation? It was great. I really needed it. Um, needed to take care of some personal things. And I did. And I had a great time. You guys will be seeing videos. I'll be releasing videos that from there where I was actually talking about this stuff right here while I was on vacation. Crazily enough, you know, that's how I do things. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much, Gina King. Thank you, big brother, for your donation. Thank you, Larry, for your donation, for the coffee fund. I really appreciate it. Thank you, all you awesome, smart people who are following me and helping other people and joining me to help others. Um, check out my book. Check out my courses. Um, lot, tons of free stuff coming. If you didn't know, I've got tons of free stuff coming real soon. I got to write the stuff. I got to put it together, but it's coming real soon. If you're on my newsletter, you guys are going to see it first. Um, I give out free stuff, guys. I give out free shit. So you need to follow me. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Thank you so much. Um, have a great day.